This is Wade Lee. Derby Day was a brilliant start to the Melbourne Cup Carnival. The Golden Eagle was spectacular. We are counting down to the Melbourne Cup, which will be run tomorrow. We bring our spring racing means test together. Waitley and Giddy up, Jared Waitley and Gareth Hall. We welcome John O'Neill and Wayne Hawks into the studio. John, welcome. Good morning, Jared. What a day, hey? What a day. We uh, we saw some wonderful rides. We saw some disastrous situations eventuate. <laughs> But Flemington turned it on. It was absolutely wonderful. I know the numbers were great. I know that uh, everyone who was at the track really enjoyed themselves. And and I think post-COVID, it was the first real sort of vibe when everybody was back and weather turned on. It was unbelievable. Wayne, hello. Morning, everybody. What a great day. Racing was the big, big winner, to be fair. Gee, there was some uh, some great stuff happened there at uh, Flemington on Saturday and and as a person that wasn't involved until race eight and nine, I was just standing back with you and just, I didn't want to leave. I genuinely didn't want to leave the uh, the box with you because we're just having so much fun and um, watching all these 10 to 1 winners knock all the punters out. It wasn't much fun from, uh, did it, did it, did a favourite win? How many favourite? One, one yeah. was there. One Roof was there. Right. Right. Didn't have yeah, anything yeah. to do with the people throwing tomatoes at the glass at you with some no, of no, the no. people you were They were throwing we'll that at Matt that. Hill. Oh, they we were throwing yeah. that at Matt Hill. He's in the box next door. It wasn't me. So I don't think Wayne understands what something for the battlers He is. doesn't get it. No. Oh, so you're tipping us winner after winner yeah, after winner. Well. Wayne's having winner after winner You're on my side. Jared, you told never me been once. a battler like you and I. You've you told me once, like don't attack your own. You've just straight into me 30 <laughs> seconds in. When Gareth first started, did I not say to you, one one of Jared's rules is do not attack your own. Yeah, good morning, G. <laughs> no, we're wild God, planet get one. Away. Oh, what's going yeah. on here? Uh, the racing means test is for the ultimate Melbourne Cup day at the Osmond South Yarra and my racehorse. It's showtime, myracehorse.com. Gareth, hello. Hello to you, Jared. Wind us up with the King's Gambit. Well, I thought it was a great day because when you have a look at the storylines that only racing can produce, there's heartbreak and then there's joy. And you saw Damien Oliver in his final derby day have two winners. Jamie Carr bounces back and she's such an important part to the racing industry. And it was great to see her get some confidence back at the start of the Flemington Carnival. J-Mac got a winner with Riff Rocket. And Timmy Clark, I thought, showed his class with two beautiful front-running rides. Um, and then just racing, and then we had the Golden Eagle and the, the drama there with the Japanese winning and then Pride Amelia's Jewel absolutely getting decked, and I think she would have won that race. And then when you wake up on a Sunday morning and you see all of the papers and you watch the news services that racing, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Jared. but it was front and centre. It was on the front and back page. I think it had 27 pages in yes. the papers there yesterday. And 27. I, yeah, I thought of you straight away, and I thought, well um, – that's terrific for the sport, and it is the talk of the town at the moment in Melbourne town. So I think it's been a really good weekend for the the sport of thoroughbred racing. What makes the Melbourne Cup Carnival unique is if you're in Melbourne, you're surrounded by it, you're drawn into it. As you can go to London in the week they run Royal Ascot, and if you're not there for the races, Correct. you wouldn't know. No. It is our this is what makes the week so special here. It's why the race is always held such a place. Um, the most striking aspect to me visually on Saturday was there were 73,000 people there and to, just the number wearing black and white. So this is a this is a sophisticated crowd who go to the races to dress up to be, it's a special occasion, mm-hmm. to be part of it. The traditional colours are black and white and whether it was in the public or the members or the corporates, that's what people were doing. That That is an... That's people who know what it is and they want to go and be a part of it. And there was only one person I saw with shorts on. Oh, was it? Oh, you saw one. I didn't one see one. One in the birdcage. Right. One person with shorts. Okay. Well, 
We Who was that, mate? Like it wasn't Johnny you, O'Neill. Johnny. It definitely wasn't That's me. That's an early Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll do the heroes from the derby because it was a great race. Yes. So the big issue is so I, I'm torn in three different directions. So you guide me. Was it Pip and Jane dancing around each other at the after party? Was it the yeah. free Palestine dress? In, or was it the pants, pantless Pip Edwards and whether really that's acceptable in the, in the bird cage? So that's that's some of the reporting around the it. pantless I, Pip Edwards. Yeah, now, yeah. You've got to feel the people in the don't know about well, this. because it's a, a see-through <laughs> skirt. Right. And whether that really is racing attire or not. But anyway, you right. can sample all of that and there's What's the problem? people offering. <laughs> um, was Derby Day marred by an extreme leader bias that we don't normally see at headquarters? I had a chat to James McDonald about this yesterday. I don't think it was necessarily the, the track bias. It was the wind that played havoc that caught the jockeys off a little off guard in a way because it was a funny old win there on Saturday um, and they were running into a, a headwind when they turned for home down the big Flemington Strait. So I think a couple of the riders like Clark and Declan Bates definitely got their timing right. They took the breather at the right time and then they put the foot down and made it hard for horses to come off um, the speed and then chase hard into a headwind like that. And I think that the, the win also got a few jockeys off guard in a way, when to go, when to push the button, uh, button Johnny, because a lot of them let a few of these leaders get in front. Um, and I, I the think, margin yeah. was just too big for some of them. I think the, uh, the mile race, um, the, the group one that Tony, and, Rose. yeah, the race that Tony and Lynn won. Pride of Jenny. Yeah. I mean, just an extraordinary result for them, yeah. but what a power horse. And I, I, I had a good chat with James yesterday as well. And, and he just said that in his perspective, the horse had gone that hard, he knew it was an iron horse. He just sat up on a tissue and thought it was going to go whoosh. Um, but just couldn't pick the horse up. So I think at the end of the day, let's take our hats off to the jocks using their initiative, um, and riding the track and the conditions the way they did. What he was doing in the archer then? Same thing. Well, we wrap him up, but I mean, you know, when he rides a bad one, no, that, I, think, I, I think, didn't think I it was think a bad ride. Was terrible. No, I think Jay Mack. I think it's at 174 think, races for two wins. The horse. Well, I think Jay Mack sitting back I, doing nothing. Let's be fair about it. I think Jay Mack would put his he hand up. He got that wrong with Athabasca, and he should have got he should have got on his bike. Of course, a lot what earlier. I did say to him is, I only hope that he had done that in the derbies, so yeah. Sunset said, "Have hung on," but that didn't work out no. for me. No. Anyway. Is it Flem- Flemington? I spoke to Gareth off here yesterday, obviously, and um, and he was saying he told me what J Mac had said, and because we we started talking about the bias, and one thing that Flemington, in fairness, it doesn't generally have a bias. It's like very, back in the nineties. It's very rare. Like I mean, the bias that Flemington used to have was the old track, the inside versus the outside. I mean, one was a thousand miles quicker than the other one, whereas. Since the new track's been built, most of the jockeys come up the guts. They come right up the middle. We very rarely, we rarely see them ever split anymore. And if they do, and if they go to split, they'll go for two furlongs. Then all of a sudden, the goose is on the wrong side. Will just decide to cross paths and go back the other way. So we don't generally see. And I mean, as you and I said, Jared, after the uh, Coolmore, I mean, it was weird. I mean, it was just like everything was in a uh, in flight mode, and just how they were at the five hundred was just how they went to the winning post. Mm. And there was not one horse that made one ounce of difference. I mean, and that's just looking at it visually. If you looked at the uh, the sectionals, I bet you they were nearly all the same. How they all uh, how they all ran home. So it probably does make some sense with the uh, with the win because Flemington and and you know what we, we we stir the hell out of Liam because I mean have a look at Wednesday. It's going to pour with rain on Wednesday. It'll be just cushioned just beautifully for Oaks Day after a thirty degree day at Flemington on Melbourne Cup Day. He gets it right nearly every time because 
He goes for the one percenters. He goes for the remember when Dennis Pagan said the one percenters? He does that. He goes over and above, I think, any other curator and really, really tries hard. And that's not me being sucky, there's me being genuine about it. So to look at that day and think, wow, how did that happen? Maybe it maybe it was the win. So Jared, the seven winners of the nine came from Sydney trainers. Is that a concern for the Victorian trainers? No, I just think that's that's that usually is the beauty of Flemington. You come together and fight it out and and see where the best form has been. And yes, yeah, sometimes I don't think that's the I don't think that's the parochial battle going on at the moment. I think mm. the parochial battle we'll get to shortly because the best race of the day was in Sydney. Uh, the heroes from the Derby. So uncanny, just as in the Cox Plate, James McDonald does the Hayes boys in. Yeah. And it was a great ride too by Jay Mack. And Riff Rocket, there was a question mark whether he would stay. And I think Chris Waller was able to train him to the minute to, to get the distance in a Victoria Derby. And he's a good horse, Riff Rocket. We all know that. How far he can go, that the Derby winners haven't got a great record going forward, Jared. But Apulia was mighty in defeat on the three-week backup. Um, trained to the minute by the Hayes boys and they did something a little bit different and they had to do it because they had that setback earlier on in the, the spring with Apulia. But um, it, that was, a, they've just gone up to another level, the Hayes boys from a training perspective. They've been so close in two big grand finals, but um, they're exceeding, I think, everybody's expectations with the way that they've been able to handle the situation as the, the bosses of Lindsay Park. The uh, thing I wanted to add to is if you have a look at the race, our horse Sunsets drew 16. Johnny Allen was so confident with the horse running first three. So for him to push forward from 16 and be brave enough and to find ourselves one off the fence running sixth after we've travelled a furlong and a half, it was just an extraordinary ride. He gave our horse every opportunity and just beaten by two better horses on the day. But we think our horse sort of handles a bit softer ground than, than what there was on the weekend. So we're looking forward to the autumn with him and maturing and, and he'll get his chance either in a South Australian derby, I suppose, or um, or an AJC derby. So Deb Capetis was on just a little earlier. So he's not a 2,500 metre horse riff rocket. Mm. So he, he won that on class. That's not He's not going mahogany, to that sort of stage. He's going to be a 2,000 metre horse. So he does fit into yeah. that. It'll be interesting to see if he can have a career of substance because it hasn't been the way for derby winners recently. It was good that the derby ended up the way it ended up because I initially thought, Derby was the question mark race, wasn't it? We were all talking the Coolmore up more than the Derby. And then you think Cox Plate, you think Caulfield Cup, and all of a sudden, you know what? Sydney are boo hooing us with their better money, but we are winning with the great horses clashing at the right time. And, and you know what? Some of these horses aren't great, but the thing is we're actually making these horses great. And there's been some great stories. Romantic Warrior just, you know, it got busted at, at uh, Flemington, then it just turns it around and... We were boo-hoo, not, not boo-hoo in the derby, but, I mean, it's just it, it's lacking something. So having a great finish like that, I think, just brought it to another level. But we talk about the horses in Sydney. We talk about the jockeys in Sydney. But we don't talk about the trainers. Chris Waller, he was obviously in Sydney on Saturday. He wasn't there for um, uh, very elegant when she, won the, uh, when she won the Melbourne Cup. And so you sort of – you want everyone to be there. You know what I mean? I know it's not going to happen anymore – but you know what? You do want everyone there on, on, the, on those big days and you look around, you stand the mountain enclosure and go, wow, everyone that's everyone's here. Yeah. That's what you want. So that, sure. that, that's the debate. Um, yeah. The best race of the day was the Golden Eagle, just for sheer drama and for the lashings yeah. of controversy 
and for the, the Japanese Raider winning and furthering the ambition of the race, that's five years in and it's enshrined. So seven years in for the Everest. So Pete's pop-ups are killing them. I think his two pop-ups are the Everest works and so does the Golden Eagle now. The pop-ups say the invitation doesn't work the week before for mine. And I guess the giggy kick will build momentum because... The, the, the invitation was a better race than the Empire Rose. 100%, but it didn't like... Is it worth having that race on for $2 million? It, 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 didn't, it didn't really grab my attention. Like, I, I didn't turn up to the pub Saturday night and go, did you see the invitation? Because the invitation to work needs those Empire Rose horses there as well. But the, the Golden Eagle works because it's different. It's a four-year-old race. And it adds a little bit of intrigue and it now attracts some international stars like the winner from Japan. The end of the story of the race was how well Amelia's jewel went. Now she went down, but she earned so much respect from that performance there after getting decked and her concluding stages of that race was remarkable. Yes, so, I'm sorry. I called her the Perth Pony. Well, she was. And you know what? To be fair, I was wrong with her. I didn't think she'd come off the canvas. I don't know many people huge. that did think she would. Obviously, the connections did, and they got it right, because if she didn't win, she she just gets beat. Unbelievable. But the problem so, with that, I don't know. She, what did, you, she did her job. First time in Sydney, yeah. everything like that. Good what's, on her. What's ridiculous watching that race, and I've seen a f- little bit of interference in the Golden Eagle now over the last couple of years, is that... How can you have 20 horses in a race like that over 1,500 metres at Rose Hill? Yeah, I don't, I don't so, think we need that many. No, there's, it's, there's going to be a serious accident enough. that will happen. Enough. 12 or 14. There's too many horses wanting to get to the same part of the track there, um, and there's too many horses, 20 horses in a race like that. I we, think the other big debate is, of course, that these international horses come in and start taking all the prize money. So we um, aggressively look for international staying horses as everybody knows, and we buy them consistently. Um, we're all potting the Derby. Well, I don't know where else the young horses from a yearlings perspective and a, and a, and a ready to run perspective are supposed to go and start to develop into, into sort of Melbourne cup horses. So, and then the Japanese horse comes and takes the golden Eagle out. Um, we've had a Hong Kong horse come and take the Cox plate out so the challenge is, yeah, but we, and, don't, and, we don't and, mind and going a, over there. Though, no, no, no. Look, I'm all for. I mean, I'm, I'm a big supporter of it. I'm just saying that we continue you. Didn't you to take talk that back slow about, last year about bringing this year to Royal Ascot. <laughs> yeah, we did, and we you did. got four and a half million on the way out. You are the best. You are. But, but all I'm saying is, I think the point is that we <laughs> want to make these races international, right? So let's all embrace the fact that's the case. Mm. The Melbourne Cup is going to be dominated by international horses unless we support derbies and put more staying races on for young horses. I'm already seeing some of the horses that are going to run in the Melbourne Cup this year that are internationals have qualified by winning the effective 2,700 metre maiden in Ireland or something and come over because we don't run those races here to qualify them. So the challenge is we need to either sit back and have a look at the breeding processes that we have here, which we talk about, have a look at the yearling sales, have a look at the ready-to-runs, and start to program some you of those right. races You're so they can right. qualify to get mm. in the cup. And the difference is, too... These we, horses are going we, around 80 to 1, We, had, we to had this big run, I reckon, from a couple of years ago to about 10, 12 years ago, where everyone wanted a colt. No one wanted to guild. You rang up someone and said, mate, I'd love to guild your horse, or I'd not love to. I want to guild your horse. There was just silence on the end of the phone. And then I'd just jokingly, if I'm talking to Johnny, let's say, I'd go, Johnny, I'm not asking to guild you. I'm asking to guild your horse. Yeah. And Thank then, God and then, Jane gelded you, yeah. mate. That's all I got to <laughs> and say. And then, and, then, and, then you'd yeah. go, and then you'd go into the, uh, look, to be fair, you, you, you spay your animals at home, so it's the same, same principle. 
So it's not like it's a bad, bad thing. I mean, there's only 0.1% get to stud from a stallion's point of view. So breeders look at it going, I want two-year-old, I want speed. But you get to this time of the year and you just go, holy Toledo, we just want all these stayers. It's a bit like, I mean, we can't have a yearling sale because the horses have turned two. But if we had a sale two or three weeks ago, it would be going gangbusters. Yeah, it would. Wouldn't you mean this magic millions would be fighting for that sale because it's right in the middle. I don't know what sale we I'll could have. I'll tell you have. what I think is going to happen. What? The international guys that are bringing horses over that are qualified for the Melbourne Cup, and we saw Peter, who's in future history, um, put 10% of the horse on online for sale. I think you're going to start to see that because people are impatient. They want to have horses in the cup. And if you've got horses that are qualified that are going to be in sort of the top 10 or 15 in the market, to put up two or three of those horses with 10 and 20% available and get a syndicate of 30 or 40 people to all put in five grand or 10 grand to have a cup runner, the people that do that are going to make really good money out of this a week leading into the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, so there's 20 out of the 24 Melbourne Cup runners started their career outside Australia. So they're all Europeans who have come here. There's one who is French bred, who's run its whole career here, and then... It's an 80 to it's one shot, 125 to one shot. Is, yeah. is that, we're just yeah. not geared that way. Just but the might of the Japanese. So there was a, a school of thought that Obam Buramai was about 16th in the order of their three-year-olds. And then as a four-year-old comes here. So the richest races in the world this year, the Saudi Cup, Japan victory, the Dubai World Cup, Japan victory, the Everest. Think about it. The Golden Eagle, Japan victory, the Shima Classic, Japan victory is... That that precinct, um, which we've only seen every now and then, but when it comes here, it's mighty. So, Ozzy, Jared's saying, can you go back and have a look at all the horses that are 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, and can we please buy one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think John Massaro, and I've talked to him at the sales, now Australian breeders are looking to get into the Japanese bloodlines. And the Japanese bloodlines, they're leading the way. And Equinox is clearly the best horse in the world at the moment. And breakups at a good each way price, I think, for the Melbourne Cup. It's a closed shop, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. a closed shop. Yeah. And if you think what they did, I mean, it was probably 25 years ago, they went over with the fattest checkbook and bought Sunday Silence. And the uh, Kentucky Derby winners of Australia have been horrendous. Mm. They went and bought Sunday Silence, took him back to uh, Japan. And since then, I mean, they have just gone absolutely gangbusters. And you're right, every time they bring a good horse, you can't line them up, but everyone tells you where, where they are and they quite often go, no, that's not our best horse. And they just come and they just they just beat us. But that's probably the, the you know what, the Poms probably think that about us every time we take yeah. our Aussie horse, you know what I mean? So I think the prize money in Japan is so good though that trying to buy horses, and we've actually bought a few out of there over the, over the journey, trying to buy horses out of there and bring them out here without the guys wanting to partner and be involved – is a mistake. Well, it has been for us anyway, and we've done all the form and stuff and gone why through. Would they want to let, why would they want to let go it. of their best ones? What's the point? I agree. And, and, unless you've got three or four stars yeah, that sure. are running against each other all of the time, and you've got horses that are running fourth consistently. But I, but I actually think, I think that about the English, when you, when you go over there and you buy theirs. I mean, you've got to walk into... Hayes and Friedman and Hawks and Waller and Cummings and all these names. And What about Kieran and, May? You left him oh, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. Kieran and David Kieran and who else is yours? Annabelle. And and no, Dan. I don't have Annabelle. So, I have Trent I mean? and Natalie. We, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't go, we don't go and uh, they don't come out here and try and buy our horses because we wouldn't sell them. 
The beaten favourites, yes, 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 and oh no, before we turn our race, our attention to big race integrity, the Melbourne Cup tomorrow. The spring means tests, Gareth Hall, Jared Waitley, John O'Neill and Wayne Hawks. Melbourne's weather, partly cloudy, a top of 28 for city power, supply and power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. Now, back to Waitley. Golden mile of length, a half on Pericles getting closer. Obam Buramayas charging home. It's Golden Mile, Pericles, Obam Buramay, the Japanese stallion bond them. Obam Buramay, my goodness, what a great finish. He got up to beat Pericles and Golden Mile. The finish of the Golden Eagle. So let's just do the beaten favourites here, Gareth. How, how is Amelia's jewel? She's okay. She was lucky to escape serious injury because when she gets gallops on, galloped on like that and and deck, there's a chance that that can get galloped on and it goes straight through a tendon. And she just, they just missed the, um, that part of her leg, which was, which was terrific news. And as Damien Lane pointed out, when he headed back to scale and was interviewed on sky racing with the beaten jockeys, he just said, I'm just, I'm lucky that I've come back, um, alive in a way. I didn't hit the deck. It, it got, it, it, um, could have been a lot worse. So she's okay. She'll probably have a break now and, and be back for probably, I reckon they'll go to the Quokka first up or second up and then maybe a trip to Dubai with her. Okay. When, when's the Quokka? The Quokka's in April. April. Right. Yep. The beaten favourites out of the bit was so the Everest form wasn't worth anything on Saturday. Think about it. Private Eye got upstaged by Bella Nipotina, who the slot holders didn't put into the race, which amazed me at the time. And Cylinder was the first horse beaten in the Coolmore. And Shinzo was honest, but sort of well beaten in third. Shinzo ran as good as he could. I still don't understand how they just don't retire these horses. They do it in England. Aiden stands there and goes, this is the greatest horse I've had since the last one. You know, Chris could have stood there. Chris Waller could have stood there and said, I can't believe they're retiring this horse. They're worth 20 or 30 million. Why, why do they want to keep going on with it? But um, Cylinder... He didn't handle the straight. They'll say he was tired. They'll say that he just, you know, he was pulled over up the crook top. in the stewards' report. Well, that's all. They're all. But you know what? Winners don't pull up crook, do they? It's always right. the beaten brigade. It's like jockeys say when they they say, "When as I was pulling up, it was a bit raspy in the wind." That's because they're trying. They're literally grabbing the reins, holding the horses back. So cylinder punctured up the straight. I've I've run a hundred horses like that up the straight. That's how they run when they don't handle the. Uh, the uh, the straight course. Just going on to Bella Nipotina, she's always a bit fractious at the barriers, so she generally sort of misses it half a length or a length, which always causes a few issue, issues for Willow. Jumped really well, beautiful ride, found the yep. lead, sat up, let him go round and then waited. She's only got that very, very short sprint, she's a model but it's dynamic when, when she let go. So that was just amazing for Michael Christian and Siobhan and all of that crew, so that was a good result. I thought the Coolmore was a terrific race. Um, and again, we've got this bloody Aussie thing that we want to pot things and, you know, it just drives me insane. Like I thought, I thought the winner was fantastic. It trolled fantastic down the straight. It was unbelievable the way it jumped out. Second horse probably should have nearly won. Didn't have much luck. Was a great run. Shinzo, we know about it. Slipper winner. I reckon all the horses down to about seventh ran well. I mean, even, even our, uh, our little horse Nadal ran sixth. Missed the start, got checked, got smashed and flew down the outside. He broke, I think, 34, 33 in the tick his last three. So he ran he ran enormous. I thought V8 was good. I've been a potter of that horse. I think coming back from the mile to run that well was really good. And Hazy's horse went enormous. So um, I, I reckon across the board it was a really, really good race. Jared Bell and Nipotina picked up $3.5 million for winning that race on Saturday with the bonus. Amazing. Yep.
And that's why she was there and not 100%. preparing for the um, champion sprint. So the last hope for the Everest form is in secret versus Imperatrice on Saturday. So we'll I'm, see. Yeah, the Imperatrice, she wins. She's definitely the best sprinter in the world. Oh, here we go. Yeah, well, who, here we go. Well, she is because she'll be you obviously, up on, you obviously don't listen to Waitley, do you? I hope on Wednesday this is on video today no. because you've got he your Nana's jacket on here no, today. We don't know because what's going Bella on. Because Bella Nipotina defeated Nana's think jacket. about it. And if Imperatrice yeah, beats in secret by a couple of legs, she's the best. She's the best Brit in the world. But what, why did Moods put "I wish I win" in the paddock? Anyway, I don't, I don't want to digress today. Yeah. We've got our yes, 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 as an oh no's after Nathan in the newsroom. Nathan, thank you. The racing means test for the Osborne. Join us at the Osborne rooftop and bar South Yarra for the ultimate Melbourne Cup Day celebration. And my racehorse owned today from just $39. My racehorse, it's showtime. MyRacehorse.com. T's and C's apply. Righto, the best of it, the yes, yes, yeses. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Gareth. Josh Part, loved his interview with Emma Freeman on Channel 7. He's everything that I love racing for Josh Parr and he spoke so well. He's so respectful to everybody. He deserve all, deserves all the success that goes his way. And then $500,000 of the money won by the Japanese horse goes straight to the disability for riding. So that's the charity that they chose for if, if they won the race. So they get a half a million dollars there, which I think's a terrific initiative. D Oliver, the fairy tale for him to ride two winners there on Derby Day, his final Derby Day. And I thought it was great to see Jamie Carr Get a double uh, after the pressure that she's been on, um, been on so far this spring there, Johnny. So I've got a couple, Steve Rossich and Neil Wilson. Um, day one of the carnival, unbelievable guys. Keep it up, fantastic. A yes, yes, yes for Michael Brow because I gave uh, Mooney Valley a decent pot last You're week. Sucking up to the administrator. No, you were on the phone for thirty-six minutes. Anyway, I gave him a big minutes. pot. Yeah. I gave him a big pot based on the fact that you know there was issues with TVs and there was issues. He's Internet. addressed all of that. He called me. He said there were some challenges. They put a tower in the back to try to fix that. They've got an old grandstand. So good on Michael for getting on the front foot and going through that stuff. And he's happy to come on and talk about it. And a special mention to Rachel King and Dick Bates for riding group ones. So fantastic for those guys who don't normally get an opportunity in those type of races this time of the year. Wayne. I think it was the yes, 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 was just the big name stood up on the big day. We've mentioned it a couple of times in the last couple of weeks about the the great people and athletes step up in on the big days, and it was just great to see those athletes. And I, uh, Jamek, yes, who, who? Mm. I spoke about spacewalk before the race with Jared, and I said I wasn't sure about Jamie because she hasn't been riding well. And then afterwards, the text machine blew up. And to be fair, Miles Fitzner came to my defence and basically said, "Well, if she was an AFL player, she would have been dropped at some stage during the season." So I was only just calling and how it was mm. and. Where it is an amazing industry is. If she rides a winner tomorrow, Jamie Carr, she rides one Oaks Day and pulls a rabbit out the hat, you can just see the Sunday papers, can't you? Where have you been? She hasn't been anywhere. She's lost. So she was lost, but now she's back. But the ironic twist to all this is she's came back on the biggest days racing and Racing Victoria, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say pushed it back, but arguably her her appeal on the, or not appeal, her case coming up for the front page of the Herald Sun is next Wednesday week. Mm. So it would be terrible if she does a massive job this week and we're all building her up come the weekend and then you get to next Wednesday. I mean, I, I don't know how that's going to go Wednesday week and we don't need to get into that now, but... Uh, I, I want her to be on the high because I said it. I said on the coverage on Saturday, we're better for having Jamie Carr out there kicking the boys' butt. Full stop.
So my yes is Craig Williams, that was absolutely nerveless on Bella yes. Patina to Great. stay on the spot and wait and then poke that horse's head into the gap and then Didn't open he do it? that in the Cox Plate as well? He's on fire. Yeah, really. he is. And, Without winning. And Declan Bates, the, the initiative, the daredevil tactics to take off, spectacular when you see it. The oh no's. No, no, no. Here we go, boys. Oh no. Gareth, oh, what nice. are you on the O-Nos? You, you're on my firing line, G. Whoa. I was having a chat to Ooh. Jane Hawkes in the marquee the other day. She <laughs> was ropeable with Jared Waite. <laughs> you threw poor old Jane Hawkes under the bus because Wayne was running late, putting his makeup on, Jared. And oh. and you said on radio that Wayne had to wait for Jared, and that's why he was no, late that, for our coverage. Why didn't you have to wait for Jared? Jared? Jared had to wait for Jane. Wayne had to wait for Jane. What did you say? What did you say? So I was trying to make out that you were talking to Michael and gathering all the information for yeah. him, and they pressed me and pressed me and pressed me. And in the end, I said, well, he was supposed to drop his wife off here at midday, which was to cast no aspersions Takes Wayne a long time to take in the information. But the moment they finished with me, my phone rang. And that's from Jane, not from me. Did you know quickly? We're in a hurry, I walked into the box with Jared late, but I'll get to that in a minute. And he walked in there and went, hello. And then he went, oh, hello, Jane. And I said, Jane, he's used to bagging I, someone and then no one comes in the room. I was talking gotcha, to no. someone at the races and they go, Gareth, can we get a picture because I want to send it to Wayne Hawks? And I go, how do you know Wayne? He goes, I used to be a manager at Dan Murphy's and Wayne was my biggest client. And I <laughs> was laughing and he looked at me serious. He goes, no, I'm serious, Gareth. He was my biggest client. And Johnny O'Neill, geez, I love you. I love you because you're a big opinions and I love you how you Stand by your opinion, whether they are right or wrong. But this might come back to haunt you a couple of weeks ago. Roll it, Jacko. I had a look at Riff Rocket in the mounting yard, and for what it's worth, from my opinion, if that horse stays, I'll give up. If that horse stays, <laughs> I'll give up. You actually said that, Johnny. You said if the Riff Rocket. Stays, we didn't have I'll the headphones up. on. That was my oh! fault. I'll tell you one thing. Here yeah. we go. We all know it doesn't stay. It's just Jamie. Oh, <laughs> he can make anything happen in that boat. He can make anything happen. Why your O-nose? Righto, so my O-nose and be very wary cup day, I'm telling you. These international jockeys, and I'm about ready to blow this whole scenario up. If you are not based in Australia, Joe Marrera. Can I tell you, he's, he's based here in Sydney. He is based here in Sydney. Went to Japan on the weekend, 11 winners. Oh. 11 winners. Rode six on Friday and five on, uh, sorry, six on Saturday and five on Sunday or vice versa. And one group, one winner. Unbelievable. <laughs> Purton is coming out. Ryan Moore, probably the best rider in the world, is here. Jamie Spencer, eight rides on the weekend, fell off four of them. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Great bloke. Love him. Three favourites, no do. good. Jamie and Holly Doyle, all wonderful international riders, hit and runs, Australian racing, different conditions, sun's out, he leave me out. He must be a good bloke, Jamie Spencer. Leave me out. He must be a good Thank bloke, you. Jamie Spencer. He's a good bloke. He's geez, a ripper. He gets a lot of opportunities. Wayne. That was a big catchment. <laughs> a big catchment. <laughs> Wayne? J-Mac would be sick of his listening, thinking that you're, you're wrapping up Joe Marrera more than him. Yeah. Well, he'll run right. second. I've got I've got two O-Nos. The first one is the traffic. I live nine minutes from Flemington. Get a helicopter. 53. They don't come from Essendon, you idiot. I live yeah. in Essendon. You know where I live. Yeah. Right. So it took 53 minutes to get there. Now, I, I spoke to Steve Rossage last year, and he said, well, it's the council and it's the police and whatever, but we've got to do something about this. It is a public holiday in Melbourne tomorrow, and yes, coming over the Balti this morning, there was no traffic, and 
Rasputin from Boney Inn was playing in Icehouse, and uh, I was. I had the window down, the wind blowing through Were my Were you air. concentrating on the road, Wayne? There, there was nothing on right, the road. Okay. So tomorrow the traffic won't be as bad. But like the, we have to fix this traffic because people spoke about an hour and a half to get in. The, an hour and a half to get out. Well, it, was yeah. an hour, it doesn't but matter as much getting out. Just for what it's worth, to fix it. the traffic will be worse tomorrow, not better. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. There's more people what going. What planet have you been living on, <laughs> Go on. What's your second? <laughs> mate, if you own half on, of Puckle on. Street, mate, that's your problem. Move out of Puckle Street, mate. Always been busy. Imagine you over the Westgate with that oh, cocky boy, hair second going. Oh, The other oh no is uh, if anyone saw it, and you probably didn't, go and watch the replay of the last in Sydney on Saturday. It's just a yes, g- I'm putting my own hat on, but fair nickum. He's always on the leader. Home you go, seven the leader. Eight. Zach Purton. It is not a barrier trial. Lloyd. Zach, well, sorry, sorry, sorry. Zach Lloyd. Ooh. It's not a, you know, why Golden 60 was on the TV? I'm looking at Hong Kong. Sorry. Zach Lloyd. Horrendous. <laughs> now, now, you, now, you, now, you know what? It's just a now, kid, you know mate. He's only a kid, no, mate. I don't give him care. a break. No. He's a kid. <laughs> I don't care. If you want to be in a man's world, step up. Wow. wow. Jamie Carr gets no concession for being a female, no. so she has to match it with the boys. If you want to get out there, have a look at the last in Sydney on Saturday, and if I'm wrong, text in, tell me how bad I am, but that was spew material. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> spew. It's pretty bad. Uh, all right, big race integrity, the Melbourne Cup coming up next. Waitley for the all-new Hyundai Kona, imagine to be bold, Morris Finance. Skip the life admin with Morris Personal and Host Plus. Waitley on SEN. Big race integrity. So the modern Melbourne Cup, 20 of the 24 runners tomorrow started their careers outside Australia. Um, if you... You want to have a cup runner? You've got to find a way to buy into something from offshore. That that's that's where we find ourselves. The race reinvents itself, and that's where it is in the modern era. John O'Neill, you've played a big role in this. What what sort of cup have we got assembled tomorrow? Well, I think the challenge um, in all of these races, Jerry, and it probably goes without saying, you really want to look for the horses that are definitely going to stay. But horses have got to be in reasonably good form too. And just looking at the overall race, there's probably four horses that can win the race, and then there's probably five or six that can sort of fight out some placings and that's about it. The rest are going to be beaten a fair way um, based on current form, based on track conditions. You've got a lot of international horses, as you said, there's 20 of the 24 that started their career over there. Most of those horses that started their career over there would have been running on what we would classify as softer to heavier style tracks with their form. We see that with, uh, with the favourite as well. Like his best form is definitely on affected ground. Um, so look, I think, I think across the, across the board gold trip with a weight, I, I personally don't think can win. I don't think without a final stay, I think break up Japanese blood, uh, rock hard tracks drawn a shitty gate, but it'll push forward anyway, as they always do. Vorban's obviously the, the key, but I'm concerned about the hard track and the warm day. Solcom, if we can get his barrier manners right with the blinkers off is definitely a live chance. Loves rock hard. Uh, and then you start to go through Ash Run, who hasn't had a run for two and a half years. He'll definitely stay. He'll definitely be there. There's no doubt about that. Um, and really, uh, future history, it's over. I don't really know. I've got nothing else to say. So, you know, we're, we're really hoping Solcom can run well. And I would imagine the Japanese horse, potentially absurd. But, you know, it's fair to say that Vorburn's, Vorban's got it. Covered by seven or eight, ten lengths, Jared. So, so the curiosity of yesterday is after the barrier draw, Vauban was three twenty, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to think, oh, he's going to get into so you think territory. He's going to run two eighty, yeah. and then yesterday, 
absurd. The stable mates thirty four dollars into twelve dollars, and Vauban's out to actually just a proper Melbourne Cup price now at about four forty. You'll start between five and six, or between four and six somewhere, Vauban, depending on how he parades. If he gets hot in the yard, he'll drift out. If he parades nice and calm, he'll probably stay around that four dollar quote. I think he's the horse to beat. I think Vauban from without a fight. Absurd for third, gold trip for fourth, break up not far off them, and I think right you are is the best ruffie. Sulkin will be out the back, sorry, Johnny. No, nope, you're wrong. Sulkin wins. Oh, used to the love affair, the unlikely. Nothing to do with co- him. Yes, don't care. Sulkin wins. You do care about me, Wayne. But, <laughs> but in this, no, in this like, instance, I don't care. Like, but I don't have a runner, so I just think Sulkin blinkers off and he jumps. This time last year, we sat here and we went. White Marlon Sulcombe, holy Toledo. We've found the two greatest stayers we've seen since the last greatest stayer. Sulcombe will run the trip. Where's the Simple party? Simple as that. Where's the party? Osborne, of course. The Osborne, yeah. of course yeah. it is. Only for people that selected in the first five. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I yeah, don't baby. think, you go, I don't think you go, you'll be in the queue outside, <laughs> yeah, mate. That's where yeah. you'll be. I, I, I like that a lot. You're straight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're straight in, Jared. Don't worry. Oh, You're yeah. VIP. <laughs> I'm just rearranging my top five now, (laughs) (laughs) just in case. Imagine Jared at the Osborne, Benny Allen, here's your drink card, Jared. Can we we get some security there, though? They might want to punch me. All right, something for the battlers coming up next. We still have to explain (laughs) the concept of this to Wayne. We'll see if we can drill it in next. Hmm? Now, back to Waitley. Traporti and Jimmy Starr getting up along the fence with a late run coming hard. Jimmy Starr blew the whistle right up along the inside, beat the prodigal son. Well put it in front from stroke of luck, shock him over. Well put it just in front and one. Well put it. Something for the battlers is something for you. John O'Neill's giving you Jimmy Starr. Wayne Hawks is not giving you Wild Planet. Do you understand what this segment is about, Wayne? Yes, sir. All right. Something for the battlers, John. Got a couple. Oh. Got a couple. And we can bet uh, tomorrow. You can have something in race two tomorrow on a horse called Forgot You. Blake Shin is riding in enormous form. Uh, he's pretty confident we can get the money there. And uh, once you've got a little bit there, you can have it all on Karen's horse in the last, Chalton Lane. We'll get a lovely run, just sweep over the top at about 380 or $4, and then straight to the Osborne and... <laughs> Watch, uh, watch Benny Allen spin the discs and get on the wait on. Wait. I've got to wait till Saturday because I'm a bit light during the week. Yep. But uh, Pesto and the Queen Elizabeth, he had uh, luck in the Bendigo Cup. It was called No Luck. And Airman, he gets uh, – no one's talking about him, but uh, Airman down the straight at Flemington in the sprint on Saturday. Admitted Mr. Waterville pounding in Charlton Lane at Flemington. Three could, by. Could you say those again? So, omitted in the first, Mr. Waterfield in the staying race, pounding in the second, and Shelton Lane in the last, Flemington. Mm, right. There's plenty to work yeah, with for the one. Battlers. Yep. See you all at Flemington. Good luck to the curator putting four inches on it this afternoon. See you Wednesday for the coming. Thank you, Jared. Good luck.